Hey, this is Ollie, and welcome to The Body Reset. This podcast has been built to help career-driven professionals and business owners intelligently upgrade their body, energy, and personal performance in the modern world. I want to help uncover some of the core concepts, beliefs, and frameworks that we've used with thousands of clients to navigate health and performance at home and work to look, feel, and function at your best. I hope you get a ton of value out of this, and please subscribe so you never miss another episode. Hey guys, sorry I was late there. I've had a huge day, but we're all doing well. So hopefully, I just, I'd love to see who's joining us on Facebook directly. If you're watching this live, please comment live below. I'd love to see who's with me, so I'm not talking to me. And if you're watching the replay later on today, later on tomorrow, I'd love to see who's catch, catching these as well. You know, the reason I do these for free, the reason I walk you through this stuff is to help you. And I'd love to know uh, who we're helping. So if you could put that comment in below, either live if you're watching it now or replay, that'd be so cool. What I want to go through today, we're going to go through the nine ways you can improve your gut. Such a big topic. It's an area of focus that I think is becoming more and more known, yet it's becoming more and more confusing as more and more supplement companies sell a new pill. And understanding how the gut works, right down to a cellular and bacterial level of what's actually going on and what we call gut health, more specifically the, the microbiome and understanding the diversity of this bacteria in our stomach, what it's actually doing, how do we help improve it? And adding in a pill, adding in anything to try fix something without finding the root cause, ultimately is going to cause some sort of problem, right? And so today I want to walk through nine actionable steps that you can actually put in place to improve your gut. Okay, if that sounds interesting, hopefully today is the training for you. And we're going to walk you through all of those nine in this format. And then really, I'll give you access to this PDF. So you can, you know, take this, add them into your life, come back to it and just use this as a hopefully a bit of a helpful resource moving forward. Okay, so the first one I really, really want to touch on is frequency of meals, which might sound like an interesting one to start with. But a trend that I'm seeing come through a ton at the moment is fasting, right? And I don't think it's necessarily detrimental by itself. But as with everything, I think it has a place, right? And when we look at something like keto, for example, it can be really helpful with people who have epilepsy, who people have had concussions. I've had quite a few. <laughs> and in certain spaces for particular times. And if you've watched any of our stuff for any number of years, weeks, months, you'll notice that I'm really, really big about what you eat right now is not going to necessarily be the same for the next person or for the person, the same person a year from now, right? So the same diet is not going to work for everyone and the same diet is not going to work for you all of the time, okay? So what you eat from the summer to the winter, from a training season to more of a work focus season, all of that stuff is going to be variables that you should be considering when approaching some sort of nutrition plan. Very much the same as training. If you're doing just random stuff or you're worse yet doing the same thing for six months, it's going to have a detrimental or at least a less of an impact over time, right? There's going to be a decline in the results you get from it. So if you're following and fixed to one diet that isn't truly personal to you and isn't something that's iterating over time because you don't know what variables are working or not working, that's really where we run into the issues. Okay, so today what I want to walk you through is uh, those nine. I just want to add that one in. It's just taking the time to look at things like frequency of meals is really unhelpful and fasting, although can be really helpful for a period of time, i.e. recovery, uh, low stress states, potentially a certain digestive break, but it's not necessarily going to be something as a long-term strategy, especially if you're really, really busy, if you're training more than three or four times a week at any sort of high level of intensity or you're highly stressed and that's a really big one because most people lean towards fasting because it's just less thought process right and I think that's a mistake we're not leaning on fasting just because it's convenient we want to be leaning on fasting because it's effective and if we can look at making some subtle adjustments to fueling the day rather than starving the day I think fasting is going in the wrong, dire wrong direction there so although it can be really applicable to certain situations I don't feel that it's something that can be beneficial for everybody okay uh, all of the time let's say so the big thing I want to address with frequency 
frequency of meals is, for example, we're trying to get 150 grams of protein in for the day, right? If we broke that down into three meals, that would be 50 grams of each meal. Now, depending on how big you are as a human, that's going to be quite hard for your body to digest. So if we simply went from, and, and worse yet, if we're doing a fasting day and we now put that into two meals, we're now trying to get 75 grams of protein per meal, right? It's a lot of food in one meal, and our gut's going to have to take a lot of time to really break that down and digest it. Whereas if we go the other way and we actually look at increasing that frequency of meals to four, then we're looking at, say, roughly 39 grams, I think, that works out to be as four meals throughout the day to get that 150 grams. It becomes a lot easier for us to digest. And if we look at this through a thermic effect from food, if we're really looking at from a fat loss standpoint and keeping a really healthy metabolism, really considering that space of more frequent meals, you're not only digesting food better, so getting more nutrients out of it, getting more energy out of food, you'll actually increase your met- metabolic rate through the day because your body is burning food more often. So you get to eat more food and burn more energy. It's amazing. <laughs> so starting with frequency of food when we're looking at both gut health and fat loss, I think that's a really, really interesting space and quite a good one to start with, okay? Second one I want to look look at, which seems to be really, really common, is we know that we need to get water in, so we tend to get most of it in with our meals. And I feel like that's a a really, really big issue because as we certainly observe with lots of clients in their mid-40s and 50s, is acid reflux seems to be a really big issue, right? And a lot of people seem to feel that this is coming from a lack of stomach acid, right? And I think that's most of the time, not all of the time, is incorrect. Most people, uh, sorry, that they have too much stomach acid. It's it's usually because they don't have enough. And if we're adding in water, we're adding in a lot more water as we're eating, we're actually going to be diluting that stomach acid further, right? Which is going to cause more stress on the gut. It's not breaking down food and it just sits there. So if acid reflux or just feeling heavy on certain foods or staying away from sort of meats and stuff because you feel heavy on those foods, it doesn't mean meats are bad for you. It means that there's an enzyme that's either not present or there's it's diluted to a level where it's really having a hard time breaking things down, right? So looking at hydrating is obviously going to be really helpful, but hydrating too much around meals is something you really want to look at as being potentially an issue, especially if acid reflux is coming through for you. Okay, next one I want to touch on is going to be whole foods. Now, this is probably a common one for some and for others that may be really quite new. But the biggest thing I want to look at here is making sure you're considering the simple function of why people run into cravings, why people overeat, why people binge eat. It's ultimately because we're over consuming yet we're undernourished. We have this constant trigger in our brain saying, yes, you've given me lots of food, but this food has very little nutrients. It has very little nutritional value, which means I'm not getting the magnesium. I'm not getting the copper and the zinc, and my body will continue to eat until it gets enough nutrients from the foods. Now, if I'm eating really high caloric foods, but I'm not eating really nice nutrient-dense foods, then our our bodies typically eat a lot more. And if we're not getting high-quality foods in, this is typically where that overeating becomes a real issue. The next one we're looking at here is sugar feeds on bad bacteria, right? So if you notice that cravings are getting really out of of hand, you're finding that you're craving foods, sugary foods all the time, and it's it's like a really, really strong urge that you kind of feel that you need to to give into. The problem is the more often you do it, the more it reinforces this this, uh, happening. And we have this balance, like I mentioned at the start, there's this really important balance between good and bad bacteria in our gut and our microbiome. And taking the time to look at balancing that mix comes from the foods we eat, right? If we're feeding it with nutrients, high nutrient foods, uh, pre prebiotic foods and fibers as we're going to talk about in a sec, that's going to feed the good good gut buddies. But if we're eating tons of sugars and refined sh- uh, foods, we're going to be eating a lot more, we're going to be feeding a lot more of these bad bacteria, which means it gets out of balance. The more out of balance that we get, 
the more our body's going to crave those foods and that direct connection between our gut and brain, that vagus nerve that some of us are aware of, has a really, really strong impact on our brain seeking more of those foods. Okay, so really, really important to be aware of the more I eat of the sugar, the more our body is going to crave of that sugar. I'm going to eat more and more of it. Not only is that going to disrupt my gut microbiome and cause more of the gut of the bad bacteria to take over, we're going to accumulate a lot more fat, we're going to be a lot more sluggish and everything tends to go come downhill from there. All right, so being really, really clear about these bacteria in our body and how they can help or hurt our progress and really looking after those gut buddies, our good gut buddies, to make sure that we keep this balance in check is really helpful. Okay, hope that one makes sense. The next one I want to touch on is really important yet, and we've kind of touched on it so far, yet most people don't look at this, right? Find the root cause. If there's certain foods that feel like they are causing issues, right? I'm having uh, coffee with milk in it or I'm having some ice creams, I'm having uh, maybe even eggs or something along those lines. Pretty well, any food with some proteins in it could be an issue. doesn't mean they're bad. It's, again, personal for you, right? So taking that time, we spend a lot of time working with clients to really refine and find certain intolerances that are really suppressing how their body uh, feels. And when we remove those foods or replace them with with other foods, they feel so much better. That's such a good place to start. So adding in a a digestive enzyme or some sort of pill like an acid reflux medication, if you haven't solved the root cause, you're just masking the problem, right? And unfortunately, that's a really big problem in today's society with especially in the medical practice where we're fixing sort of chronic issues with acute solutions which means we just keep using them more often right a painkiller if you're using it for two or three days is fine but if you're using it six weeks in a row there's so many organs and systems in your body that are getting an absolute beating from taking those over a long period of time it can cause a lot of issues ironically an anti-inflammatory in the short term works if you use it for more than a week or two it's actually more inflammatory to the body so it fixes it doesn't help the problem at all (laughs) so that's something we need to look at as well, right? Find the root cause. What are the foods that are causing some of those issues coming through? To give you some common ones, eggs, dairy, gluten, yeast, soy, and corn, certainly from our observations have been ones we see. Again, some of them you might be absolutely fine with, some of them not so much. Corn isn't digested all that well by the body, and soy certainly has some pretty big impacts on estrogen, which again, depending on who you are, it might actually be a good thing. If you're going through menopause and you're noticing that estrogen's absolutely tanked, that can be beneficial. But if you're if you're a male or you know that estrogen is is relatively well regulated. Soy is probably not going to be all that helpful to keep in your diet. The next one, we mentioned it before from an acid reflux standpoint, but I think it's really, really important to give it its own category, is chew your foods. All right? When we look at how people eat today, we've got really, really good inhaling food, and like we talked before, we probably flush it down with water as well, rather than taking the time to chew. We have no teeth anywhere else other than our mouth, which means that if it goes down our, our esophagus and into our stomach, it's got all of this extra work to do to break down our foods if it comes down these massive clumps. So just taking the time to be conscious of how we're eating. Are we watching a screen? Are we watching TV or on the computer or whatever it might be and just inhaling food or are we being present with how we eat, right? There's a reason that the French, although they eat all these very savory-based foods, are still quite thin as a population is they take their time with eating, right? So a social occasion, they slow down. It's not shoveled in while they're at the office, right? So being aware of chewing your food from both a body composition and a gut health standpoint is a really really, really big place to start. Next one here, and this is a real secret with, with our, our crew that I think has made some massive changes across the board, is taking the time to look at the ability and the 
impact of deep breath to manage your central nervous system. And we've talked about this a considerable amount in the past of talking about our rest and digest state, our uh, parasympathetic state, and our fight and flight sympathetic state, right? This is a switch in our body of are we stressed out or are we rest in a position of rest and being able to digest food. It's really, really important to understand because if we're in a stressful state, all of that blood gets pulled towards our muscles, our sugar gets spiked up, or our glucose in the body gets spiked up, and we're in a space of, of fight or flight. Now, if we don't utilize that energy, much easier to store body fat. But at the same time, it's also much harder for us to digest food because all of that blood has been pulled away from the digestive tract, which makes it much, much harder to break foods down. Maybe you've felt where you've eaten the meal and you've got really stressed out or you've had an argument while you're eating and that food just feels like it sits there and it doesn't break down. That's what we're feeling. Okay, so taking the time to look at that's really, really important. The next one I want to go through, as I mentioned before, two quick ones I want to look at is prebiotics and probiotics. Again, just having a kombucha or a probiotic by itself will not fix your gut, but I think it's really beneficial in order to, to make sure there's a balance of, of the pro and the prebiotics in your gut. Now, why pre and pro, not just probiotics, is you need enough of these prebiotics in your foods to make sure your probiotics actually got something to feed off, right? So looking at things like asparagus, garlics, onions, leeks, potatoes, and cabbage can be some really nice foods that are your prebiotics and that really ties into your fiber intake as well right this has become a really big issue in the fitness industry as a whole as everybody focuses on just getting their protein intake in potentially carbs and fats as well but they're not talking about their micronutrients right and this is where things like your your leafy greens your cruciferous vegetables are really really important right to really assist with that digestion breaking foods down making sure we're really bulking up your stools and removing a lot of those toxins out of the body because if we're not we're causing a lot of extra inflammation inside the gut and through that intestinal tract, that's really going to be breaking down and damaging that gut lining, causing a lot more inflammation through the body. Okay, so taking the time to add in more of those those greens, aiming for two greens meals a day, and getting a good rotation of those can be really helpful. And making sure that there's a fiber consideration and micronutrient consideration taken into account rather than just protein, carbs, fats, or worse yet, just calories, right? Which tells us very little, if anything, okay? So hopefully that was helpful, team. Like I said, there is so much to decipher and break down with gut health, and hopefully today I took your time to take you through nine that we see are really effective at building a strong platform, understanding what gut health is really about, and how that has such a huge impact on mood, energy, your ability to drop body fat, and just feel amazing in your own skin. So like I said, I wanted to give you access to this PDF. So if you're watching on Facebook, just comment Gut Health below and we can send you through that document. If you're watching on YouTube or podcasts, then simply go to our Body Reset Facebook page. We'll let you into the group and we'll give you access to this here to make sure that you can have this resource in your own time and go through those nine steps. I've also added a little resource at the bottom so you get direct access to our podcast, which dives into this a lot deeper, as well as if you want a little bit of help to actually map this out for you personally, what aspects do you want to work on first and how to more importantly, does this integrate with your unique situation in your lifestyle? I think this is an important part of not just knowing the information, but knowing how this applies to your unique situation in your life in the real world. So again, hopefully that was really helpful, giving you those nine steps to understanding gut health and how that truly makes a difference to every aspect of your life. You're more productive, you're more clear-headed, and you feel good in your own skin. Hope you have an incredible day, guys. We'll talk again soon. Bye. This episode was brought to you by The Body Reset, world leaders in health and performance coaching. If you love this episode, it would be a massive help if you just share with one person that you think would benefit. I'd also love to hear from you personally on social media or via email if I can help you personally. Until next time, remember long-term change comes from self-compassion and thanks for tuning in. 
This episode was brought to you by The Body Reset, world leaders in health and performance coaching. If you love this episode, it would be a massive help if you could just share with one person that you think would benefit. I'd also love to hear from you personally on social media or via email if I can help you personally. Until next time, remember, long-term change comes from self-compassion, and thanks for tuning in.